Life Audio. I don't know about you, but lately I have just been feeling this angst over all the chaos that has been in the news cycle. And, you know, the last week or so, it seems like it's even more elevated. And one of the things that I keep clinging to is this idea of being a citizen of the kingdom of God. And above and beyond being a citizen of this world and this country that we live in now, we are ultimately citizens in God's kingdom. And I think that forward thinking, that hopeful thinking, is something that's a powerful way to get us through these crazy days that we're living through. So that example is what we're going to read through today in Psalm 87. And and I think it's going to really be a blessing for you, given the current circumstances of, of the world today. So after a word from our sponsor, we're going to dive right in. Stay tuned. Hey, friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're doing our devotional reading through the Psalms and we are reading Psalm 87. And again, if you're just joining us, we are going through one Psalm a day. And as we're going through each Psalm, I'm giving a little bit of history and culture and background to help you maybe understand some of the things you may not have seen before. If you are enjoying this series, there's a couple things you can do to just dive a little bit deeper. There are a lot of people that are using this as part of their daily devotionals. Every Monday, I send out a newsletter that has a journaling question that goes along with each episode. And the benefit of journaling, I think personally for me, is it helps you process the information and get it from your head and into your heart. And so every Monday, again, I, like I said, that goes out for the current episodes and that's free. You can sh- sign up at shehears.org if you want to be a part of that. But then if you are going back to the beginning, we are now currently on Psalm 87. If you're starting the beginning, we also have a guided journal that has a link to each of the audio devotionals as well as a key verse from that day some journaling space and the journaling question itself and a lot of people have found that really helpful it's only five dollars you can pick that up again at shehears.org on the resources page and uh, psalm the books two and three for psalms 50 through 100 will come out after we're done with psalm 100 and then again 101 through 150 will come out when we're done with those so once again it's all free if you are in the current series if you want the older things it's only five dollars you can go ahead and pick that up you can print it out you can use it on an ipad or a similar device whatever works for you So diving into Psalm 87, I'm reading from the NIV, and this is a psalm that is known as a song, and it was done by the sons of Korah, which if you remember, we talked about them in the past. They were worship leaders from the tribe of Levi. 
He has set his foundation on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me, Philistia too, and Tyre along with Cush, and will say this one was born in Zion. Indeed of Zion it will be said this one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord will write in the registers of the peoples, this one was born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing, all my fountains are in you. So the background of this psalm is it's essentially a psalm that belongs to the collection that we call the Zion songs. And it celebrates Jerusalem as the center of the community of God that is present on earth. And so while it's seen as like the mother of the world's salvation, it goes beyond that. And it goes beyond the historical significance because it reflects the worth of this city of God as a metaphor for God's kingdom. And um, while we may not necessarily live with the same weight of an understanding of Zion, we certainly understand this longing to be part of God's kingdom and God's kingdom come, God's kingdom on earth. And so that's the background of what we're setting today. It just think about this in terms of God's kingdom. Now, if you're confused and uh, it's perfectly fine if you are, because I was for a long time, Zion is also called Jerusalem. Jerusalem is called Zion. So when you hear the word Zion, you can think Jerusalem. It's essentially just talking about the center of God's kingdom. That's where the temple was. And essentially it's seen as the foundation. So Psalm 1 said, or I'm sorry, verse 1 in this Psalm says, it's the foundation on the holy mountain. It's talking about this center of worship, the center of God's kingdom, and essentially the center of the world. And so what the psalmist is doing here is is really marveling at the stability of Jerusalem that comes from Yahweh's presence in his temple. And if I know that that may even saying that it's stable may sound confusing in light of what we've been studying over the last um, couple of weeks after the captivity and all those things. But you have to remember that after the the Israelites were in captivity, they went back to Jerusalem. There's this steady thread of Jerusalem being the center of God's activity in the Old Testament. And that's what this is really showcasing. And so Zion or Jerusalem becomes this anchor point for the entire world, the entire universe even. And so that thought is something that was entrenched in the ancient world that Jerusalem was the center of the universe. And so even if you would look back at maps from that time frame, you know, there of course they hadn't done world exploration and all those kinds of things, so they didn't have a full understanding of what the whole world looked like, but they look it looked as if Jerusalem was the center point of that map and then all the nations and the land surrounding them went out from there. And so that's what the psalmist is referring to. He's talking about the foundation and the holy mountain. It's really recognizing that Zion or Jerusalem is the center of everything. And then also a little bit of background information in in Babylon, which you know they had been in Babylonian captivity, one of the things you would have seen in this time frame was that the people were known by their city of origin. So I would be called 
a daughter of the city of Erie, because I'm I was born in Erie, Pennsylvania. You would be called, you know, a son or a daughter of a city. Probably not a daughter, because at that time they didn't recognize women the way we do now. But it would it would be like a son of the city of Pittsburgh or wherever you were from. And so that meant that as a citizen of that place you enjoyed the rights and the privileges of citizenship in that city and you were also protected by the deities that were governing that city and so that concept um of course it came from babylon and they had been in babylonian captivity but that concept is spread to the greater ancient world the ancient near east and so that that sometimes I think is lost on us because we don't necessarily understand it. But that concept seems to be what is behind kind of like the undercurrent or the message of this psalm was this understanding that as citizens of the kingdom of God, the Israelites would enjoy the rights and the privileges of citizenship in Jerusalem and protected by Yahweh, the God of Israel. And so it's interesting. We don't know for sure if this psalm is... You know, there's no exact timeline on it, but to me, what is clear is they have been obviously um, affected by that way of thinking from Babylon. Um, it makes sense to me that it would be after the Babylonian exile because they lived in Babylon and, you know, it would be fresh in their minds. But either way, it was a common theme that you would hear in that Old Testament um, or ancient Near Eastern world. And essentially, you know, Babylon at that time frame, Babylon was one of the oldest and really most highly esteemed and respected cities in the ancient Mesopotamian world. And so what we're seeing in this psalm is it's representing people from this region of the ancient Near East. And um, there is some understanding that some cities carried a special extra privilege, like some cities were exempt from taxes or their people would not have to deal with forced labor because they were identified as a holy city of the more important deities. And so the holy cities would offer like a place of asylum for people that were seeking justice. And there was this sense of divine protection. Um, sometimes the divine protection even extended to animals. And um, I think it's just super interesting because now what we're seeing is for the people that have made the decision to worship Yahweh, they are, we are recognizing that they're under protection of this holy city, this city of Zion. And that same protection extends to us because we, even though we don't live in that part of the world and we're so far removed from that time frame, that protection as citizens of the kingdom of God, as followers of Yahweh, belongs to us as well. So I think this is a good place to stop for a minute. And when we come back, we'll dive into the rest of this psalm. Stay with me. Okay, so jumping down to verse 4, it says, I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me, Philistia too, and Tyre along with Cush. And I will say this one was born in Zion. And it's interesting because, again, these are recognitions of different regions. And Rahab, this is not talking about when it says I will record Rahab and Babylon. Rahab, this is not talking about the the character of Rahab in the Old Testament. Instead, what this is, is it's a poetic name for Egypt. And you can read about this more in Isaiah chapter 30 and Psalm 89. Um, there's a list of countries 
that that these countries that are saying here they're not exclusive but they are representing major nations that are figuring into Israel's history and they surround Israel geographically so Egypt Rahab referring to Egypt is located to the southwest of Israel and it of course is part of this great story of redemption when we read about the Exodus and then Babylon which is the to the southeast that belonged to this second great story of redemption which was the return from exile. Philistia, which is located on the kind of like the coastal plain to the west, that was really a thorn in Israel's side for centuries. And Tyre, which is Phoenicia, that was located on the coast to the north. That They were generally on friendly terms with Israel, but sociologically and economically, economically, they led Israel towards this materialistic worldview. And, and we talked a little bit about that last week, how there was some significance there that that Tyre itself led Israel down uh, sometimes I think even a more dangerous path path because of the spiritual implications and so Cush, which is Ethiopia um, that is far south of Israel, but that gives us this four directions from Israel's world again they're seeing Israel as a center these are the four directions north south east west of Israel and then Zion would be or Jerusalem Zion would be at the very center of that so even though we don't understand that like when I read that I thought it was talking about Rahab the person but it's not it's talking about Egypt so when you read that I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me, Philistia and Tyre along with Cush, and I will say this one was born in Zion. It's looking at this geographical region all around Zion as the center. You also have to remember after the exile, it, it was people, there was foreigners that had come to this place. As as followers of Yahweh, they made the decision to leave some of these regions to come to Zion to be followers of Yahweh. And so when it talks about, it's repeated several times, this one and that one were born in her. Basically, the psalmist is declaring that the real country of their birth, their spiritual birth, was Zion. So it's essentially saying, like, even though you came from Egypt or Babylon or Philistia or Tyre or Cush, you are spiritually, you belong to Zion. When you made the choice to be a follower of Yahweh, <clears throat> that's your spiritual heritage. That's your identity. That's your protection. And I love that because that is extended to us as well. But one thing I want to point out before we reread this is as a citizen and as part of the role of citizenship, if we're equating this to our modern day life, I want to, I want to make sure we don't skip this connection. As a citizen, there are privileges as well as responsibilities. So as a citizen of heaven as a citizen of the kingdom of God there is a protection that is offered to us through the holy spirit through God through Jesus but there's also a responsibility and i think one of the things that we overlook when it's talking about responsibilities is this idea of as a believer I am to live the way that God has called me to live. So this protection is not just a blanket protection just because, you know, of course it's there and it's it's a free gift for us, but it doesn't mean that it is without responsibility on my part. And as a believer, what is my part? Well, the scriptures talk over and over. We've been talking about it for months about what God calls us to do, and that is to pursue 
a, a righteous lifestyle. That is to pursue God's will for our lives. That is to care about the things that God cares about. We've been talking about what it means to care for the needy or the broken or the hurting or the lost or to see the things that nobody else sees and to step in the gap and to talk to the people in our circle of influence about about God. We have a responsibility. And, and it's very clear throughout the scriptures that our role as believers is to know God and then to make him known. And if we are not fulfilling that responsibility, my question is, is are we true citizens? And is there a connection between the protections of citizenship if we're not fulfilling the responsibilities and the obligations of citizenship? And I'm not necessarily saying that, that, that I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to ask you to answer that. But I am going to ask you to pray about that. And I am going to, and I, I don't even, I'm not even saying this is a theological point because people would probably argue with me about it, but I'm saying that to provoke you to think about this, to think about this biblical principle of citizenship and what that means and what responsibilities I carry. And if I'm not fulfilling the obligation and the responsibility as a citizen in the kingdom of God, am I truly a citizen? And I'm not saying that God would say we weren't a citizen, but am I acting as a citizen? You know, I think sometimes as believers, um, especially when we're living for ourselves, there's this temptation to think, okay, well, I want all the blessings and all the protection of God, but I don't want to change anything. I want to live selfishly for myself. I don't want to live for for God or for other people. I want to just continue doing my own thing. But I have to pause and think about this idea of citizenship. Because to me, a true interaction with God means that there will be a change. There will be a heart change. There will be a behavior change. There will be a thought process change. And I'm not talking about a one-time interaction with God, but I'm saying like a lifestyle interaction with God where we have invited him in, truly invited him into our lives, into our hearts. We believe in this idea of forgiveness and redemption and that Jesus died on our sins and rose three days later to resurrect he, he resurrected, but to resurrect that idea that we can be in right relationship with God. And so when we really come to a point in our lives where we recognize that, we should be living differently than those that have not recognized that. And so are we citizens of heaven if we have just said that and we don't behave that way? Again, that's a rhetorical question I want you to think about and pray about and just ask the Holy Spirit to maybe give you some insight on. But but my hope is that there would be a sense of conviction. There would be a sense that God is calling you perhaps to something a little bit deeper, to be a little bit more serious in your relationship with him, that you would see this as not an event, but as a lifestyle. So given that insight, I'm going to go ahead and reread from verse 1. He has set his foundation on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion. More than all, the dwellings of Jacob, glorious things are said of you, O city of God. I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me, Philistia too, and Tyre along with Cush, and will say, This one was born in Zion. Indeed of Zion it will be said, This one and that one were born in her. And the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord will write in the register of the peoples, This one was born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing, All my fountains are in you. 
God, I thank you so much for um, the way that you reveal what it means to be a citizen of heaven. And, and, and thank you for giving us the opportunity to study in such a way where it helps us to understand these kingdom concepts in maybe a fresh way or a new way. Lord, as citizens of heaven, as citizens of the kingdom of God, Help us to not just take the blessing, but to understand the responsibility, to take seriously the responsibility it is to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that you would convict our hearts for perhaps the ways that we have not been living as true citizens of the kingdom of heaven and show us what it is that you want us to do, the way that you want us to interact with people, the way you want to not just know you but to make you known. Lord, I pray for my friends that are listening today that this word would drop something in their heart that you could use to change their hearts and the lives of those around them. Lord, I thank you for the way that you continually draw us close to yourself. It's in the name of Jesus I ask these things. Amen. Hey friends, real quick before we go, I want to just remind you that if you are feeling stuck or if you are feeling convicted or if there is something that is coming up in one of these podcast episodes that you're just sitting with and you need a little bit of help to maybe talk through it, pray through it, process it, or if there's something else, something bigger, a confession you need to make or accountability you need to gain or insight from a biblical perspective, I'm your girl. You can schedule some one-on-one time with me if you go to shehears.org and go to the work with me section. There is a calendar link where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me and I would love to be the one to walk through some of that stuff with you. I've counted a blessing. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.